I was living a life that I thought I needed to live in this victim mentality that I think a lot of people live in when they feel trapped by their job, when in fact we have a privilege to be able to create opportunities for ourselves. But it just takes that push, right? And realizing that it's scarier to wake up where you are unhappy in 10 years instead of doing something completely, you know, offbeat. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this episode, I'm really excited to speak with Trishanna, who is a yoga teacher, writer, life coach, and founder of Living Brave Podcast. Through storytelling and community building, her programs, retreats, and content aim to break down shame, fear, and empower us to step into our authentic selves. So listen on to find out how Shoshana has been able to travel the world as a community builder. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to be here with Shoshana. Hey, how are you? Hey, Debbie. I'm doing really well. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being here today. Can you tell us more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, so I'm currently in Bali. I've been kind of on the road doing the freelance thing for five years. I'm a yoga teacher. I lead retreats. I have my own podcast and I transitioned from my corporate career in corporate consulting, a big four consulting firm five years ago into freelance writing. So I still love writing. And that was really my first love, what got me to be a digital nomad in the first place. And yeah, it just... That's kind of the background on me. There's been a lot of evolution throughout that process. Lots of highs and lows, doing your own thing, but I really wouldn't trade it for anything. The flexibility and freedom lifestyle. What made you decide to take that leap to become a freelancer and doing it full time instead of just staying in your nine to five? What was kind of the catalyst for that? Ooh, I have never really been comfortable in traditional work or school environments. I think we can all relate to this a lot. You kind of feel like, shoot, is anything going to work for me? Right? Like I, I don't really like to have a schedule. I love performance-based cultures. And, um, I just didn't see that at a big four consulting firm, a fortune 500 company where you stay as long as you can to show face. It's not really based on if you're being innovative or creative. And I was in a job where we had a busy season. So you were in the office for at least 60 hours a week, six days a week. And I felt like I was losing myself. And there was one night where I stayed until 1am doing all of my work. And I went home and the next day I came in and I was, I remember thinking like, why do I have to be here? Kind of counting all of the time that I had left for my vacation so I could take, you know, 10 days and go see my sister in Costa Rica. 
And I had a really big moment of truth where I got in an argument with her and I told her she didn't know what the real world was, which I just have to laugh at myself because she was living the life. And I was living the life that I, I thought I needed to live in this victim mentality that I think a lot of people live in when they feel trapped by their job, when in fact we have a privilege to be able to create opportunities for ourselves. But it just takes that push, right? And realizing that it's scarier to wake up where you are unhappy in 10 years instead of doing something completely, you know, like you said, offbeat. Um, for me, just trying was actually um, less threatening than thinking about being there and, and knowing that I didn't at least give it a shot. I love when you talked about it's all on you. You know, you, we have, we do sometimes have that victim mentality and we tend to blame other people for things that are actually in our control, not other people's. And sometimes when we see that they're succeeding in something, or maybe they're living the life that we want to live, we become really envious. And then we take it out on them. And we don't realize that we can do the same thing. I mean, we live in a time right now. And also we're so fortunate. I mean, if you're listening to this and you live in the United States, Canada, UK, like any of these places, you are so fortunate to be able to choose whatever it is that you want to do with your life. And it's such a great time for this opportunity, for sure. Yeah, totally. I love what you said about how really like our reactions to other people and how they're living are total reflections of how we're doing. I I love this quote from, uh, it's called You're a Badass. And she's like, not everyone's going to love when you kind of take your power back and whether that's, you know, quitting your nine to five and traveling the world or just making a major shift or just showing up as your authentic self. Like not everyone is going to say like, hell yeah, you got this. Some people are actually going to be kind of offended or maybe even mean and to have compassion towards that, to be like when someone has been convincing themselves their whole lives that they can't do something, they shouldn't do something, and then you go and you do it, that is hard for some people. So just having compassion for that and yeah, for your own life, like shifting out of that envy and jealousy and reminding yourself like, oh, okay, this is actually inspiration and there's room for all of us, right? Getting out of that competition mindset is so important, especially for women. I feel like unlearning a lot of how we should be. I definitely feel that way. I am friends with the most amazing women who are like at the top of their game in my industry. And I'm always in awe of them. And I do catch myself sometimes being envious. And we do tend to compare ourselves, especially through social media. I know everybody says that, but it's really the truth. But when you just center yourself, and like you said, when you change that mentality that you have, instead of saying, you know, oh, I wish I could do that, or why haven't I done that yet? It's like, everyone has their own time frame, you know, of doing certain things. Maybe you just started in your own journey, and it's not the same thing. So it's so different for everybody else. And I think we just have to really go at our own pace instead of other people's. A hundred percent. And like you said, we all know like social media isn't totally real life. And that's why I think it's amazing. There's people showing up on there being authentic. And it's also, I think, important for digital nomads and freelancers and whoever kind of wants to go after that freedom lifestyle to know like 
it's not all beautiful and perfect. In fact, if you don't do the work on yourself, which is going to bring you to new heights in your career and going to allow you to do those amazing things, then you're going to stay in the same kind of rat race. Like no matter if you're in the corporate world or in the digital nomad world or the influencer world, like if you're not okay with where you're at and your self-worth and like knowing, okay, I am powerful and enough, then you're always going to be seeking more because there's always someone who's going to be doing and quote more than you or better than you. So yeah, being inspired and also being like, that, that harmony between being inspired by one another and also being like, you know, but that's your thing too. And I don't need to do your thing because I have a unique gift to share with the world. Like that's hard. I think that there's a lot of messages trying to tell us the, the opposite thing, but yeah, that's definitely been a big help and a big struggle, you know, in this, in this journey. And sometimes just detoxing yourself from everything is also really helpful, guys, for your mental health. (laughs) Totally. That's where yoga has, uh, it's been such an amazing part of the journey as well. And, you know, not for not, not everyone, it's yoga. It could be, there's so many amazing meditation apps out there, like whatever you really do, whether it's like playing an instrument, traveling with a ukulele, like doing something that's unrelated to like this outcome of productivity, or just like doing it because you love it and because it makes you feel like you and makes you feel great. I think that's so important, especially for people who are kind of, you know, maybe on their own in their career or traveling or putting themselves out there, always having something to keep you centered. So let's talk about when you actually left your nine to five to do freelancing full time. We all have a what now moment when we get to that point. What was yours like? Yeah, let's see. I quit my job. It was a big like explosion one day of like, I knew I had to do it and there were tears and then there was this big sense of relief, right? And I, at that point was only doing, you know, a couple articles a week and I went to India and I remember flying into Mumbai country I'd never been to totally alone I I enrolled in a yoga teacher training in Goa and seeing the miles of slums and a totally different universe I'd never been to Asia I had never traveled alone and thinking like all right you know no expectations and having to navigate like who you are when you have none of the structures that tell you who you are. You know, you're, you don't realize, but your job and your friends, they kind of like help you be where you are. And when you're in this new environment, this yoga teacher training on the beach in India in your own little hut where there's a tree growing out of the center, you're like, am I outgoing? Am I this? Am I that? Like, where do I build and work? And all I know is that I was constantly in awe of what happened when I actually listened to my heart and took the leap and went. I would look up at the sky like multiple times and ancient ruins and Hampi and backwaters and Caroline beaches with no one for miles and think, thank God I didn't listen to what everyone told me. And I listened to that like voice inside that said, yeah, you can be a freelance writer. You can make it as a journalist. Like it doesn't matter that you have no experience, even though everyone told you like, oh, you haven't had an internship in that. Or maybe you should try like this kind of accounting because it's a... You know, so I guess it was actually that moment of realizing that if you do take the leap, it's kind of like an alchemist who talks about beginner's luck. It's like the universe rolls out a red carpet for you. At least, 
you know, not everyone's experience, but you could be surprised how effortlessly it might flow, especially if you set your expectations or no, no expectations are the best, but having like maybe lower expectations of like, you know what, we'll just see what happens. And then standing in your power and really surprising yourself is one of the most magical things you can do. I think it's also one of the scariest things for most people is to let go of a lot of things. If Especially if you have a really, if you have a type A personality mm-hmm. that is like taking an arm away from you, you know, you feel really lost. You don't know what's happening. One of the biggest things I think that is really stopping us from a lot of things is just our own minds, right? It's that mental block that you have. And just thinking that there's so many things that's stopping you or you can't do anything. What has been your biggest mental block you think that finally shifted and allowed you to get to the point where you are right now? Great. I think it's that voice that um, wants to be accepted and liked and validated. And that has been the most amazing shift going from, okay, I need to be liked by everyone and everyone needs to approve of my decisions to I'm not for everyone, but oh my God, am I for some people and stepping into vulnerability and sharing, especially when you go do something offbeat. Like I remember when I went to go quit my job, I started a blog and I wrote a blog post why I quit my job for India. And sure, there were probably, I was afraid there were probably people who were reading it and dissecting it and who didn't like it. But there were so many people who reached out and said, thank you, you know, and down the road saying, I quit my job and I started doing this in part because of your article. And then that has only continued through all the sharing, all of the different projects I've launched, like putting myself out there and being vulnerable in a way that other people see as brave. And flipping that narrative of, I don't want to put myself out there because I'm afraid of not being liked to, oh, this is my superpower to stand in my truth. And that's actually the most attractive thing you can do and empowering thing you can do. And you will feel a bigger sense of community than you've ever felt when you're just authentic to yourself and you share from that space. Like that has been the biggest mental block to get over. And I still struggle with it. Of course, you're always thinking what other people are thinking of us, but knowing that, you know, my imperfections and my vulnerability are actually my superpowers. And I'm not for everyone, but the people I am for love me for that. (laughs) When you finally accept who you are, I think it's like a domino effect. Everything just falls into place in that sense. When you first started and you left your nine to five, right? I'm sure there was a lot of things that were obstacles for you. What was the biggest one that you thought you were going to encounter or did encounter and how did you handle it? (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with community and it can be tough in the beginning. I think when, you know, this wasn't right when I quit my job, but when I moved to Denver and I was finally based somewhere And I didn't have like my work friends. I think we really underestimate how much work in the, in the corporate world really has like really grounds us. So finding those communities, using your social platforms to 
meet other people who are doing it, you know, investing in yourself through programs or, um, through groups that you can join and really immersing yourself in like a digital nomad community, wherever you are, I think is super important. I think I felt lonely. That was like a big hurdle for me when I did take that leap, just by everyone reaching out and saying, Oh my God, what you're doing is amazing. I want to do it. And I'm like, you can, um, but yeah, like, well, let me tell you, actually, I spend less than my rent in New York living abroad nation. But, but yeah, I think it was that loneliness factor of, you know, shifting from having all these structures around you and your community to not having a community and making sure that you do take that effort to immerse yourself in new places. That's outside of your comfort zone as well. So being prepared mentally for, okay, I'm stepping outside my comfort zone and it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be the way that I, you know, thrive. Now, what about right now? What is your setback currently, whether it's with your lifestyle or your business? Setbacks. I think that the biggest setback would be honing in on one thing. I transitioned from writing primarily business and markets, journalism, a while back to doing health and wellness writing, to stepping into my own stuff. So being more of an entrepreneur instead of um, a freelancer. And so, you know, entrepreneurship is full of highs and lows, like more so than kind of having clients that you work for because it's your face and it's totally you. So the biggest hurdle is like, okay, what can I best put out there that can be of service to others and that I can make a living off of and feel good about? And so. I think as an entrepreneur, that fear of, of failure, not even failure itself, it's actually just the fear and overcoming that, the best way to do that is to lean into it and to say, okay, it's not going to be perfect, but if I wait until it's perfect, I'm never going to do it. <laughs> um, you know, so, so yeah, that hurdle, it's like the, the fear of, of being rejected and, and the fear of failure, but the best way to do that is just put yourself out there and yeah, fine tuning your mission will come with it. You don't need to know exactly what you're good at and what you're best at right now and, and accepting that your business will evolve with you. I think too, in the beginning, that's kind of what you're trying to do is you're just throwing everything against a wall and then you're seeing whatever sticks, you know, and we sometimes get caught up that like, okay, I really need to find this thing. Like I need to find this thing. And we put so much pressure in ourselves that we end up freezing and we don't do anything or we feel so much pressure with ourselves. So I think sometimes, like you said, you know, it's just embracing all of that, all that newness. And that's how you really figure out what really sticks. Um, but it is true. You do have to niche down eventually and find out what or where you need to be in order to do that. Because it is also the truth that there are so many of us that do have that shiny object syndrome. 
Mm-hmm. And that can be super detrimental with our business, especially when you're trying to grow something and then you find another thing that somebody else is doing that looks really cool and you forget about your main purpose and you start going off into so many different directions, which is also not helpful. So yeah, it's definitely hard to balance all of that and figure out where you need to be. Exactly. And I love what you said, like, come back to your mission. I think if you find yourself confused and lost, and like you have a million things going on, or even just a million different ideas, coming back to your values, like, okay, why am I doing this? What do I want for my future? And then reverse engineering from there. Like, what do I want my future to look like? However specific you want to get. And then what will allow me to make that a reality? And that will help with the clarity a little bit, but it definitely is when you have free range and free authorship over your days and what you want to do, that can be a big challenge, but also viewing that from a place of gratitude instead of overwhelm. Like, yes, I have all these decisions and I'm going to focus on a few of them (laughs) and revisit, but definitely that drive to stay with what you're doing. Um, I know like in the podcast world, And then anything that you launch, it's like, all right, so excited. And then maybe your viewership drops off a little bit. And we all know that's when most people drop out. And it's like, can you stick with it? And I think a big differentiator is people who are doing it because it aligns with their values in the first place. And they're excited about it. Yeah. And I think if you're just doing it to do something new, it, really, like you said, it drops off after a little bit because there's really nothing behind it except for either you're just doing it just because everyone else is doing it or just for the money. And, you know, I tell people this all the time. When you find your niche, you need to make money from it, obviously, because otherwise you're just going to have to go back to things that you don't want to do. But you also don't want to do it just for the money. If you can do it for both, you know, like something that you're passionate about and something that you really believe in and you can make income from that, I think that's like the perfect balance And I think what we all set out to do. Um, But if you're just doing it to be cool or it's brand new, that's great for a hobby, but it's definitely not sustainable in the long run. Right. And I think that comes down to also valuing yourself because we're so used to uh, getting paid for things we, you know, work, things we don't like to do. And then say if you're a yoga teacher or say you're a coach, like stepping into actually valuing your time highly is challenging. And it comes with just like believing that you're worth that. And of course, you know, you're doing it because you love it, but it's also a great benefit to people. So stepping into actually valuing your worth is really what I work with people on. And it's uncomfortable to say like, yeah, you know, I charge up however much it is, a hundred an hour, like to jump from that and to believe it too. And not because you're money hungry, but because you know that the value of your time and your product is great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really the, the main thing is that you need to be able to 
charge, right? There has to be. And the thing is, if you're just doing everything for free, it's it's really undervaluing yourself. And it's telling people, listen, I'm not valuable enough for you to pay for this. You know, I'm always going to be free. And I think when you do charge people, they tend to appreciate you more and appreciate your work in that sense. Right. And then like, you know, investing in others that you see what they're doing and you know, you like what you're doing. I love to be at a point where I can invest in my friends and support them in in what they're doing as well. So it's kind of stepping out of that scarcity mentality as well is a huge part of doing your own thing. A huge part of the digital nomad, you know, freelancing world is there's not going to be the stability that you used to have. Actually, if you ask the question again about like, what's a big hurdle, that scarcity mentality of like, oh my gosh, I don't know what my paycheck is and not letting that make you freak out saying, you know what? I have skills and I have value. And even if I'm like project to project or whatever it may be, like, I'm not afraid that I won't have work or I'm not afraid that I won't have clients. And that is like, that's a shift that is hard to make. But once you do, it's night and day. It's definitely a huge shift. And again, it's a lot about your mental block with so many different things. And that's one really big one for all of us. (laughs) Totally. And then it's like, you know, anyone that's listening, well, how do we like, you know, okay, we know we have these mental blocks and what's the first step towards getting past them? Because we know they exist, right? And I, and we want to move past them. So I think it's like kind of just committing to get to know your limiting beliefs and the stories around living an offbeat life. It's like, all right, what's holding me back? And even writing those out. I love that practice of writing out your limiting beliefs and then writing like the counterpart to that. So saying like, I won't have enough money. And then the counter would be, I have valuable skills and opportunities that will come my way. And like having that, even just as like a mantra or something you say to yourself in the morning, like writing it on your whiteboard. I used to do that. So I saw it when I woke up every day and those little practices are really helpful. And of course you can step into your own yoga meditation, whatever kind of practice you do, but just having a greater understanding of the things that are in your way because they are unique for every person is so valuable. I always find that whenever I have these feelings of really when I have mental blocks or whenever I don't feel good about what I'm doing, you know, questioning myself, one of the things that always really works for me is I continue, right? I still do the tasks that I need to do when it comes to financials or like earnings, I never really worry about that. I just keep going. And then I do the tasks that I need to do in order to get to that point. And, you know, it always works out because you're doing something to get there. And I think for a lot of people, it stops us from taking action. And I think that should be the moment when you should take action, right? Because if you don't, then you're, you are. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whenever you have these doubts about yourself, you're saying, oh, I'm not going to make this. And then you're stopping. Then you're really sabotaging yourself. That's actually at that moment is when I start doing 
more actions, even if it's just one, because sometimes it does freeze you and you're so unmotivated. But I always try to push through because it, it's so important to do it at that time. Otherwise, you're just going to go into your hole and it's going to be really hard for you to come out of it. Right. That's, that's such a good point. It's like the time where it's the hardest to take action is when it's the most important. And if you think that it's not working out, the sure way that it's not going to work out is to stop. So you're, you're basically, you're like, yes, I want to be right. Like you're telling yourself like, this isn't going to work out. So you basically like make yourself right. You're like, yeah, I'm not going to, it's not going to work out. God, you're so smart. You were a failure. So funny. Yeah, I think we do. We self-sabotage ourselves and Whenever I see that with myself, I'm like, what am I doing? Okay, you need to regroup, start doing what you need to be doing and stop making excuses because you're just not where you need to be. And that's nothing that you can't get out of. And I think that's so important to really talk ourselves. And like you said, writing it down, talking to ourselves, it's so important to do that because we need to also really understand what we're, what's happening. And sometimes we're just go, go, go. And we don't really take the moment to do that. So now talking about financials, right? How much money did you actually save before you set off to become a freelancer, to start traveling the world? And how are you able to budget that to last? Oh, this is such a good question. (laughs) So basically, I was kind of living, I think it's like blinded privilege when you don't realize like, okay, I'm living in New York. I'm making more money than I've ever made. And I'm living in this small apartment, but it costs like $1,400 a month. And I'm just like, you know, kind of living in excess. So I was saving nothing working in my consulting job, actually, like living paycheck to paycheck. And I think it was like four months before I quit. And my mom, she's always been so like money savvy. She was like force making me save maybe like 500 a month, which was amazing of her. She just pushed me to do it. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And so there was maybe 3000 in my bank account, but I didn't say, I didn't spend a dollar of that. Actually. Um, I put it down for my yoga teacher training, which was super cheap in India. Since my mom is like really, you know, financially savvy. I I wrote out an Excel spreadsheet of what it was going to cost me to go to India on my freelancing budget getting my yoga teacher training there, which was less than $2,000 for my own private hut on the beach, all of the materials, all of the classes and the training versus I think it cost something like $4,000 in New York without room and board, without food. So I was like, this is actually more financially smart for me to go to India on this teacher training. And I'll actually be like saving money because it's so cheap to live there. I was... I made sure that I had my freelancing job before I quit. So I never spent any of my savings. And what I did to make sure I could save a hundred percent of my freelancing income, which over six months, it became more of like a not full-time thing, but let's say like 20 hours a week instead of four, I was able to save for the first time, like 10,000 then 20,000 while I was living on like remote islands and beaches in Central America, teaching yoga every day during doing yoga trade. 
I'm not sure if you've heard of like workaway.info, but um, people go on the site, they find, say, like bartending jobs or working at a hostel or working on an organic farm. And in exchange for working, they get free room board. And so for me, I was teaching yoga one hour a day, which gave me yoga experience, my first yoga jobs, teaching yoga every single day, which was great for my yoga career. And I was also able to do my freelance writing on the side. And I got, you know, I haven't really like scaled too much with the writing. Actually, I've transitioned away into my own stuff, but I was able to save, you know, $100,000, something that people don't do making like six figure incomes. And that's just because I was financially smart about what I was spending. I spent maybe like $7 a day some days in India living like really well. And now I don't really do the budget backpacker thing as much, but I'll still spend, you know, $50, $60 a day in Ubud eating amazing food, staying in a great place with, with a private pool and like a kitchen. So I think it's really about understanding that you could take advantage of the global cost of living and also, yeah, optimizing by doing work trades in the beginning, especially if you don't have a freelance job, getting somewhere and doing work away. Like, I think that's really overlooked. A lot of people don't know that exists. Yeah, I think people are listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, she saved $100,000 and she wasn't making even nearly as much as when she was in New York. So that is an incredible thing that you are able to do. And I would love to talk more about that for our extended interview as well, Shoshana. So that's going to be awesome. Because <laughs> I because that's, you know, that's a lot of what miscon uh, people have like misconceptions about leaving, you know, we're going to be broke, we're going to do this. But if you do it the right way, like you did, you could actually be making more money and also living better. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And that's why I love to share what I'm doing. I'm like, this is possible. And I remember my friends in New York would be like, how are you traveling? Like, how do you have the money? And I'm like, Actually, right now, I am saving more than I was living in New York. Well, I'm living expense-free on a beach somewhere while I write a few hours a week. Like, oh, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, your story is so incredible. And I think it's something that a lot of people really need to listen to because it's, I guess what most people would think is impossible, right? And it's out of reach. And you literally left with three grand in your pocket and you grew it to a hundred thousand, you know? So that's incredible. And you can definitely do this lifestyle. It's just a matter of doing it smartly and living in places that you can't afford, you know, it's actually better lifestyle and not New York City, guys, not New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, we had one girl living in my apartment. Oh, my gosh. My apartment there, maybe it was 1200 She had like the cheap room, but it was this tiny little loft where you couldn't stand up. And when she wasn't there, people would be like, someone lives up there? <laughs> um, no, but that's, I love New York so much. Like, you know, I grew up in Connecticut. I, I Like we were talking about earlier, if you don't like New York, you just need to try something new there because there's a million different lives you could live. And it's a great city. Love it. <laughs> Even though it's easy to make fun of or, you know, talk about in that way. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's just a completely different world once you actually step out of it. Now, are you working on anything currently that is really exciting to you? Yes, I am. So what's kind of new for me is stepping into retreats. So transformational retreats, meaning yoga retreats, but also with an emphasis on adventure and community building. So I just had my first retreat in Panama and it was a big success. We had we sold it out and it was actually at the, at the place that I had my first ever yoga job. So I mentioned that I was doing yoga trade, saving my freelance income while living on the beach somewhere. I ended up staying there for a couple months. I met the owners. And then four years later, I hosted my first sold out retreat at the same spot. So that was super special. And that provided me a lot of momentum to move forward with a retreat next month over Holi in India that I'm doing with my partner and then in Guatemala in November at another place that I also lived, you know, four years ago during my yoga travels. So that's really exciting. And then, you know, stepping into the world of podcasting with my podcast Living Brave, which is all about leaning into discomfort and leading with vulnerability and courage. And creating a program for people who want to do this, uh, more so people who want to stand in their truth and who want to share their story or make a big life transition. So that's an eight-week program that I'm taking applicants for now. So it'll be kind of like a mastermind mixed with private coaching and kind of like group challenges and accountability and community and support. So a lot going on as we talked about having a lot of things going on is, is something that's a blessing and also like, all right. Do I need to focus on one thing? I don't think so. So if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? So they can find me on my website, ShoshanaRaven.com and Instagram, Shoshana underscore Raven. I love like DMs and I'll, I'll always connect on there. And yeah, that's those are probably the two easiest places. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate all the knowledge that you gave us and so many incredible tips as well. Well, thank you so much. It was like really a pleasure to be on and I love learning about your story as well. So thank you for the work that you're doing. And I know this will be really helpful for anyone listening out there. So you're the best. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Trishanna. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to save while you're traveling. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreatepodcast.com. See you there. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.